This episode of Locked on Warriors is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an official community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's a Thursday edition of Locked On Warriors, the only podcast bringing you the latest on the Warriors every day, Monday through Friday. I'm Wes Goldberg. However, you may be listening YouTube, Odyssey, or in your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Got a mailbag episode for you today with questions about uh, how the Warriors will handle the center rotation and about tonight's home opener against the Clippers. But let's first go to this question from Derek, who writes in, do you think Steph is the greatest shooter of all time? Derek, yes, I do. Thank you for that question. Uh, the easiest way to get your questions answered is by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's the only way to guarantee that your questions are answered. Today's show is a mailbag episode. It is a chance for you to dictate the terms of how this episode goes, the direction in which we head and the things that we talk about. Um, so yeah, do I think Steph is the greatest shooter of all time? You bet I do. Um, and I think by the time his career is over, everybody will agree. If they don't already agree already, it's, it's kind of wild to me. I guess people could bring up Ray Allen, Steve Kerr, you know, but like just the the level, Reggie Miller. But, um, you know, the volume, the efficiency, the degree of difficulty, Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. And you could bring me stats. You could bring me anything else that you want. And there's a lot of stats that help Steph's case. A lot, Most of them do. But the eye test bears it out as well. Greatest shooter of all time, no doubt. This question comes from Peter, who writes in, Early days, but yes, this looks promising. I don't know how you can beat a team that has several elite three-point and mid-distance shooters who are also good overall. They spread the defense, allowing them to drive and pass inside the cutters and big men. They don't have many big men, but Bielitsa is pretty big, and Wiseman will come back sometime soon, hopefully. Even without James Wiseman, this looks great. Now, Peter, uh, bring, writing this in, on the heels of the Warriors beating the Lakers in their season opener. And it did look pretty great in that season opener. Um, yeah, they have a ton of elite three-point shooting. I think that, or, you know, elite, they have Steph. Jordan Poole has been really good from that distance, but time will tell whether or not this is just sort of a streak, whether he's just hot right now, or if this is something that's, uh, you know, more consistent. Because Jordan Poole, like we saw in that first half against the Lakers, there are times where he could just go cold. Um, a huge development that he wasn't cold for the entire game. I think the Jordan Poole of last year would have, you know, especially at the beginning of last year, would have just been cold the entire game, would have just taken him out, and that was it. But he found different ways to get involved in the offense, got to the basket a little bit, three-point shot eventually fell in that third quarter, and then he obviously was part of that big fourth-quarter swing that helped the Warriors win that game to open up the regular season. But, um, yeah, Otto Porter Jr., elite three-point shooter. Juan Descano Anderson knocks him down. Um, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala can knock them down when they're open. It's just a matter of whether or not they're going to take those shots and remain aggressive. I know that that's a, uh, uh, a place that both of them are focusing on. And, um, yeah, you know, there's good three point shooting everywhere else in the roster. Clay Thompson will come back at some point. Um, I think that this team could lead the league in three point shooting, um, at least three points, three pointers made per game. And they'll be up there in overall percentage, there's some really great three-point shooting teams across the rest of the league, including Brooklyn, by the way. Uh, Milwaukee is a very good three-point shooting team, despite Giannis. Uh, but Giannis is a guy who kicks out and creates a lot of open threes for his teammates. 
Um, there are a lot of uh, Dallas is a really good three point shooter. There's a lot of good three point shooting teams, um, but I think the Warriors are going to be right up there with all of them. And like I said, may end up leading the league in three pointers made per game. Um, and I'd still like to see Steph off night for him to open the season, but we know that that's not going to uh, you know be the case for very much longer. And he could lead the league in three point shooting again. I think he probably will. Um, and probably should be taking 15 plus three pointers per game, which is an insane number, but I think he should be taking that. Um, as far as the rest of that goes, um, you know, I think the mid range shooting is okay. I don't think this is a team that necessarily wants to be taking a lot of mid range shots. I think when you look at guys like Wiggins, um, Iguodala, you want them getting to the basket more than settling for mid range, even Jordan Poole. Like, you really don't want a lot of mid range shots being taken here. And this is an analytics forward thinking type of organization. I think that's something that they're instilling into their players. That they don't want a ton of mid-range shooters, but that would be my question, honestly, is when push comes to shove in the playoffs, when games really matter, who is that guy can, that can go get you a bucket in that way? We know Steph can do it. Jordan Poole has been showing, I don't know, something between a flash and whatever the next, it's not flashes, that's unfair to Jordan Poole, he's obviously improved, but, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know who's... There's a reason they went out and got Kevin Durant in the first place, right? In 26, like they went and got Kevin Durant because they knew they needed that kind of presence. They knew they needed that guy who was bigger than everybody else who can get a shot over a defense and things like that. And for as great as Steph Curry is, that's not been his game. Now, I've written in the past and talked about this on the in in, in you know previous episodes that I think Steph is better now in that area in that mid range area and kind of creating his own shot than he's ever been including during that dynastic run. Um, and so maybe that's the answer. Maybe he is the guy. And then, of course, we'll see what Clay Thompson looks like when he comes back. But um, that would be my one question, is in a postseason setting, when it's that much more difficult and defenses are much more keyed in to taking away what it is that you want to do, and in the Warriors' case, uh, getting threes for Steph, uh, what happens then? But that's a thing that they need to deal with down the road. Um they don't have a lot of big men, but I think Bielitsa's been awesome. I think Kevon Looney had an off night to open the season, but I think overall he's really solid at that spot. And, of course, James Wiseman will come back. But like I said, I don't know what Wiseman's role is when he comes back. Um, but that's because they haven't really needed him. And that's a you know a testament to this how deep this Warriors team is and the way they address the, the front court. Um, they don't have a lot of size, but they're winning the rebounding battles, right? They don't have a lot of size, but they scored more points in the paint than the, the Lakers did. Uh, the other night. So it uh, hasn't been that much of an issue um, for them right now. Coming up, how can the Warriors do more to limit players like Anthony Davis? That's coming up next. But first, let's talk about McDonald's. This episode of Locked On Warriors is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they're going to be de- they're going to have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Uh, win or lose, McDonald's is a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I'm telling you, I used to cover high school preps for the Bay Area News Group. It was my first job when I moved to California. And you have to file your gamers right after the game, minutes within a high school football game ending. And guess what? A lot of these high schools don't have free and available Wi-Fi. They're high schools, right? Like these press boxes, some of them don't even exist in some of these high school football fields. And when they do, they're just like kind of just 
made of plywood and there's not a whole lot of technology going on. You're lucky if you have a computer charger, like an outlet out there. Uh, and so what I would do is as soon as the game was over, I would throw my stuff in a backpack, jump, run to my car, trying to beat all the drunk high school students leaving the game, jump into my car and then rush to the nearest McDonald's because I knew that at that point I could get Wi-Fi right away. I could file my story. And then right after that, get a quarter pounder with cheese, no pickles, medium fry, Diet Coke. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. For your second listen, get everything you need from contender to pretender around the NBA with the ultimate insider NBA season preview, the biggest and most comprehensive season preview you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Our next mailbag question comes from Driz, who writes in, Kevon Looney is good as a third option for our center position. As a starting center, he's not a threat to block too many shots. He lacks lateral quickness to keep up with quicker guards. Stretch fives like Anthony Davis just demolish him. And his jump shot has proven to be unreliable for the most part. There have been multiple occasions where he's been scared to take shots closer to the basket when no one was in front of him, not just last night, but many times within the last season and change. Sadly, He's all we really got for a big outside of Bielitsa, who's not a true five at the moment. Um, first of all, we'll not tolerate Kevon Looney slander on this podcast. That's not going to happen. Uh, but to, to your point, look, I know Kevon Looney is not remarkable as a center. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Kevon Looney is one of the best centers in the league. He's simply not. But he's a very good fit for this Warriors roster. And I'll tell you why. Um you look at that starting lineup, especially when it has Jordan Poole in there, but even when Klay Thompson comes back. Steph, Jordan Poole, and or, uh, or Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, all of those guys to a certain degree need the ball in their hands. Kevon Looney does not. And we saw last year when you kind of force-feed James Wiseman and, and throw him into the mix, and that he's a guy who also needs the ball in his hands. He needs it as a lob threat. He needs to be able to dunk. He needs to be able to do stuff because he's not really, at this point in his career, uh, really able to make any sort of impact off the ball offensively. Um, and defensively, there's obviously uh, questions. I would push back to say that he's not laterally quick. I think there is lateral quickness there, and I think Kevon Looney maximizes his limited athleticism. It is limited, but he maximizes it, and he's good at switching on to the perimeter and things like that. I don't know what his shelf life is in this league as a center. He has dealt with plenty of injuries. He's not the most athletic guy in the world. I if, if he starts to lose a step, um, I don't know where that leaves him. But that's why, I guess, the Warriors drafted James Wiseman. It's why they added a guy like Bielitsa. It's why, in general, the Warriors have kind of had this bullpen approach to the center position, which has worked for them. I don't think they need, like, a full-time, you know, best center in the league type of guy there, given how they play. Uh, and given that they want to go small in crunch time with Draymond Green at the five. So you don't really need that player there. But... Last night was a tough uh, assignment for him. Look, when you say stretch fives like Anthony Davis just demolish him, that's kind of the point of Anthony Davis. He pretty much demolishes all other centers in the league. That's why he's an elite player. I mean, when Anthony Davis is at his best, he's one of the top five players, top six players in the NBA. He wasn't that last season, but he certainly was in the bubble and helped the Lakers win a championship two seasons ago. So when he's like that, yeah, he's going to demolish Kevon Looney. He's going to demolish everybody. Everybody. So I wouldn't use that season opening uh, game. Kevon Looney didn't play well. He didn't play as well as Bielitsa, most certainly. But I wouldn't use that 
um, to make any sort of conclusions on Kevon Looney. No, he's not a remarkable player. You can upgrade at that position, but I don't think it's something that they need to be looking at in any sort of urgent way, right? I think Looney is a good fit for that starting group. You've got Bielitsa there, and you've got Wiseman. And if you start adding to that group, uh, I don't know. that That's kind of throwing in the towel on James Wiseman, isn't it? Like, I don't know how... Like I said, I have a hard time finding what a night-to-night role for Wiseman will be now with Looney, Bielitsa, and then, you know, an occasional small ball appearance with Draymond Green or, or Juan. Um, and that kind of leads us to our next question. It comes from Fox Hayes, who writes in, well, first with a compliment, Lockdown Warriors is a fantastic podcast to get your Golden State Warriors news, analysis, and game reviews. Wes, great job on the podcast, and I wish you the best when you move on to bigger things. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, this one obviously comes from uh, our Apple Podcast reviews, like I said, easiest way, guaranteed to get your question answered. Leave it in a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave your question within the review section. Here's Fox Hayes' question. The 15th spot has not been filled yet. This is coming in before they have uh, filled it with Gary Payton II, obviously. Do you think the Warriors should circle back to Marquise Christ for that said spot now that Portland released him after the preseason? He knows the system well, is tough, and was in our center rotation last season with Kevon Looney and James Wiseman. Thank you. Uh, look, the reason I included this question anyway, uh, despite them having filled that 15th spot, is that Gary Payton's contract is essentially kind of, it's mostly non-guaranteed. The Warriors can get out of it pretty cheap at this point. And so if they wanted to circle back with Marquise Chris, they could, there are ways for them to do that. So I thought it was worth bringing up, especially if Kevon Looney does take a step back this year, especially if Bielitsa does get injured and can't stay in shape like he has uh, in previous seasons, if, if James Wiseman's injury for some reason is a nagging one and, and his absence is longer than we expect. Um, I think Marquise Chris would be on their list. We've seen the Warriors circle back to guys quite often. Uh, I, I do believe that the Warriors liked Marquise Chris. They liked his energy. They liked his presence in the locker room. They liked how hard he worked. Um, I, I think that there are things that he could, that he's not... Like he's not an awesome rebounder. He's not. He is a lob threat, but he's not the as much of a lob threat as you'd like. Uh, he's not somebody who necessarily strikes fear in a defense in that way. The three point shot is there, but it's not something that you really want him taking. He's a good passer, and that's a big thing. But defensively, he's he's okay. He's not awesome. He's not great. But again, he's solid, and he's got a great presence about him, and he works hard. And I think there's still some upside there. Um, and of all the teams that Marquise Chris has played for, the Warriors have been his best situation. And I think they, I think they take pride in that. And so if they were a need to add a center to the rotation at some point in the near future, I think Marquise Chris would be on that list. I think that he would be somebody that they would consider. Uh, that's not my reporting. That's me guessing, but I think he is somebody that they would consider based on their track record and, and their history with Marquise. Um, coming up, how does Golden State's bench match up with the Clippers uh, tonight? That's coming up as we continue along with our mailbag episode. But first, let's talk about calm. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. That's mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation and has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind to become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to just be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain 
so you can sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best just like LeBron James. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I could do for my body and mind. From the second of rain falling, from the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge, unquote. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off of a calm premium subscription with calm. You have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves and so much more like sleep stories and meditation. So you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our customers can join LeBron in using calm and get a 40% discount on a calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA unlock content to help you focus, ease stress and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. Let's also talk about sweat block. For a few weeks now, we've been talking about sweat block, these wipes that stop sweat for seven days, and it seems people have been listening. We have friends of locked on who's tried sweat block and love it. Here's a high school teacher. We have a story here uh, where he says, uh, he'd pit out by the fourth period. He'd hear in the snickers from, and whispers from his students. And so he started bringing a second shirt to change into between classes. Then he heard about sweat block on our program. And he tried it. Now he's hooked. No more snickers. No more second shirt. Straight out of Hollywood, we have a producer who's working on the set of a Marvel movie. Maybe you've heard of it. She was working 18-hour days for weeks in, Atlanta, in the Atlanta heat. And she heard about sweat block, started trying it, and loves it. No more sweaty production days. She even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it to stay dry on set and on the red carpet. Another success story here about an avid soccer player. He heard us talking about sweat block and thought it was too good to be true, but he was always the wettest guy after practice and games, like soaking wet. So he thought he'd give sweat block a try. He tried it on his pits. The next practice, his pits were uh, dry while everything else was wet. So he says he didn't have to reapply for nine days. Now he's truly a believer. So there you go. Locked on listeners loving sweat block. Stop excessive, excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. Doctor created, doctor recommended, dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Not just for armpits, chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere. And I mean anywhere. That sweats, if you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today. 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or find it at Amazon and CVS. All right, wrapping up our mailbag episode of Locked On Warriors, and we're going to do it with a new segment that we're calling How About Now? How About Now is our biggest question facing the Warriors going forward. And so after the Warriors take a 1 0 record to start the season with their win over the Lakers at Staples Center, how about now? They open Chase Center Thursday night tonight against the LA Clippers. Kawhi Leonard will not be playing. Serge Ibaka with a back issue will not be playing. They still have Paul George. Newcomer Eric Bledsoe. Ivaka Zubak in the middle. Uh, plenty of players in that group. And so my big question is, can the Warriors' depth remain a strength the way it was against the Lakers? Because against the Clippers, no, they're not as top-heavy. They're not as much star power at the top, especially while Kawhi is injured. But uh, much more depth than the Lakers had. And we saw against that Lakers game that depth, the bench, is really what helped the Warriors come back and win that game. The Clippers' depth is much better than that of the Lakers. Starting lineup projected Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Ivaka Zubak. That's a you know, solid starting lineup, even without 
Kawhi Leonard, we saw Paul George play really well in the playoffs. There's enough three-point shooting there between Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris at times when he's hot. And then they've got a nice bench. Nick Batum, Terrence Mann, who is awesome. They have Luke Kennard. Uh, Justice Winslow will play a role. They're high on him. Um, they, they're, you know, they drafted Keon Johnson, that athletic guy out of Tennessee. Um, they can get, they can play small in a way that the Lakers really couldn't. I mean, I guess when you play Anthony Davis at center, they are playing small. Anthony Davis is so good that is one of the better small ball units in the league. But they, we saw in the playoffs last year, they put Batum at the five. They can get really small and really spread you out. I think this is going to be a really tough matchup, despite Kawhi not being available for the Warriors to open up their season at home. I'm not saying it's going to be a loss, but my big question is, can Golden State's reserves be an advantage the way it was against Lake? And if not, can the Warriors' starters bounce back and be an advantage the way that they weren't against the Lakers, right? The Lakers starters pretty much outplayed the Warriors, everybody outside of Russell Westbrook, who was terrible. Um, you can't let, you know, Paul George and somebody else go off for 30-plus points on an efficient shooting. Uh, Steph Curry would have to will have to bounce back at Chase Center from a cold shooting night. I think he probably will based on the history of Steph Curry and what we know about him. So uh, if the reserves can't be that advantage, can the starters be the advantage? But more than just the win, that's how you win the game. More than more to me, but more than just the win-loss thing, I really am looking at that reserve group because, like I said, the Clippers are pretty deep here. Um, I don't, they're not the deepest team in the league, but they're, much, they're certainly much more, they're much deeper than the Lakers were. And so that's why I'm looking at this. This is another barometer, kind of a test of the Warriors' depth here. How good is it really? I think we'll find out a little bit more tonight against the Clippers. Of course, I will have a recap for you after the game for your Friday morning uh, on tonight's game, second game of the season, but that'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Comment and leave a five-star rating and reach me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. Thank you for making Locked on Warriors your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms.